This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, Talking Eagles, talking Sixers, um, and we'll see with the James Harden situation. It's all still very much on the air. Nobody uh, up in the air. Nobody really knows exactly what Houston's doing. I expect them to be traded. Um, normally, when you get a star in this kind of situation and they ask out, they typically get their way because the players have the leverage. They do. They have the leverage in the NBA. And I would expect James Harden to get out if he wants out. And if I was Houston... I mean, if the Sixers are offering it, and I don't know if they are. Sixers might decide they want to move forward with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and if they do, I'd be fine with that. Um, but if the Sixers are offering Ben Simmons, I think that's a deal Houston takes. I think they'd prefer that to whatever they're going to get from Brooklyn. I mean, Karis LeVert is a nice player. They have draft picks. Uh, I mean, uh, the draft picks probably won't be that good considering Brooklyn's supposed to be good. And if you add James Harden to Kyrie and Kevin Durant, that would probably be a good team. Um, and I just don't think that a pack, that package that Houston would get from Brooklyn is that attractive. Now, there's also the kind of idea that Tillman Fertitta, the owner, wouldn't necessarily want to send James Harden to Daryl Morey. Uh, I get that. Uh, but... You know, they they got to make the best deal, and I, I do think it's possible that that could still happen. So, talking about the Sixers, I still think it's so weird Dwight Howard is on the Sixers. I just, that's one I've been unable to really uh, get past at this point. But uh, looking forward to the season in a couple weeks. Also, um, Eagles with a huge game on Sunday, and a game they need to win. Honestly, a game they should win. I'm not a believer in this Cleveland Browns team. I'm just not. But... With what I've seen from the Eagles this year and the body of work from Carson Wentz, I'll trust what my eyes tell me, and I'll trust what I've seen from this quarterback. And I've seen a quarterback that that has shown time and time again uh, that he's not up to the challenge, and and unfortunately, I don't think he will be on Sunday. Uh, let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going, Tom? What's going on, man? Yeah, um, so I'll start with the Eagles. Um, honestly, really not a t- done to say i mean it seems like you know we go back to the same well every week with their uh, incompetence actually to me that's the most interesting thing about the eagles now it's like when you watch it's almost like you want to see if there's a new level of low that they can sink to almost um but you know i 
I think the, the, this uh, this game is important for one specific way because, look, you know, I've said it before. I I thought this team wasn't going to be good before this season, and it just reaffirmed a lot of my thoughts. So it's not like I think this team has some run in them because I don't. I made that perfectly clear. However, if there is any chance that they turn their season around, this is the game that they would do it in. If you base it off of their previous seasons, you know, they would always turn it around on like a road game where their backs are against the wall, where yep. things look their absolute worst. So to me, it's almost like if they lose this game, they just, they just pack the season in because then you got, you know, the tougher teams coming up of Packers, the Seahawks. So if they, if they come out and just stink out the joint in this game, Look, I mean, they could. I guess they could still find a way to division to win the division because it's looking more and more time like five wins might win this division now instead of six. But yep. like, if they lose this game, it's like honestly, who cares? Like, the, the season is is done one way or another. The only thing they'll get out of it at most is one more game in January. Right, and, and Mike, it's a game they should win. I I don't know what you think of Cleveland. I just don't think they're very good. I I, they, I agree. They've had an easy schedule. They, they, six and three is is you know it's obviously an impressive record, but no Miles Garrett. Baker Mayfield's not that good. They have no passing game. If the Eagles can stop the run, theoretically, Carson Wentz should be able to move the offense well enough for them to win. And saying Molly's back will help a lot. Uh, but, you know, Carson Wentz has to show that he can be more than just a guy who isn't the worst player on the field. Like, that was the biggest... That was the biggest compliment against him, you know, for him in the last game. Well, he didn't lose him the game. <laughs> Mike, that was insane to me, by the way. Like, the fact that last week people were actually defending Carson Wentz by saying he wasn't awful. And I just, I can't get past the fact with what we used to think of this guy that that's become the bar for him. Yeah, it's he was crazy. supposed to be a top five quarterback. Right. And now it's just like, well, you know, we, you treat him like we would talk about A.J. Fielder or Coy Detmer. Right, right. He's, it's like, uh, and Joe Giglio had made this comparison. He He's like Andy Dalton with the Bengals at this point, where you just don't want him to screw it up. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's not really much else to say about the game other than that. You know, it's, you know, it is what it is with them at this point. Um, but with the Sixers, look, um, I look at it two ways. I think the most, the most important thing is their future now looks bright. Like, they got out of a bad contract. They have a guy in charge who's leading them in the right direction. They now look like they have a vision and a direction. And their future, their path forward, has done a complete 180 than it did a month ago. That's the most important thing. And to me, that's the, that's the best thing to come out of this, um, you know, these last, the last week or so. But however, at the same time, if I'm going to be realistic and not go overboard, I still think right now they're at best a fifth seed. Like, I don't think now they're some contender because they're not. Like, they, they're, to me, they constructed their team very similarly to the team that lost to Boston a few years ago with Covington and Sarich and Bellinelli. You know, it's Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid surrounded by a bunch of role-player shooters which is fine, and it's going to win them a lot of regular season games. They'll probably, depending on how many games they play, what is it, 72 this year? Yeah. So they'll probably win like 40 to 45 games, um, and they'll be a good team, uh, but I, I just don't think they're a title contender. And it's tough for me to say this because I am a fan of Ben Simmons, but at the same time, like, it, it's hard for me to, t- to, to break down Ben Simmons because I like him, but I also don't feel that they'll ever win a title with him unless he learns how to shoot. So it's hard for me to, like, to, to praise him, but I also have to be very critical of him. 
Uh, because I, I think honestly, I think he's legitimately the worst shooter in NBA history from from a guard position or whatever you want to call him. I don't know if he even if he even technically plays guard all the time anymore, but wing position, uh, point forward, whatever you want to call him, you know, excluding players like Shaquille O'Neal or Dikembe Mutombo, a guy is a primary ball handler. He's probably the worst shooter in NBA history, and not only is he the worst, he's the least willing, and. You know, even a guy like Jimmy Butler who doesn't shoot a ton of threes, at least he's a willing shooter. At least he will pull up from 17 to 18 to hit a shot, a jump shot. Ben Simmons doesn't shoot the ball, period. He, he just doesn't shoot it. And if you have a primary ball handler who refuses to shoot the basketball, you will always have your ceiling cut lower than it needs to be. And I don't think between him and, him and Embiid, they will ever win a championship together, ever. And I do mean that ever unless Ben Simmons either learns to shoot or, or decides to shoot, or they trade one of those two players for a legitimate, you know, uh, wing elite score type, like a Harden or a Curry. You know, I'm just you know, throwing out yeah. the typical names. I mean, you might be right. I, I, like, I, I disagree because I, I think you can build around. I think they're so unique that if you build around them the right way, you <laughs> could figure out a, a way to do it. Like, yeah, the numbers a couple years ago were great when they had these role players, and that was also Simmons basically in his rookie year, Embiid in his second year after an abbreviated first year. You know, considering they've made improvements, and I do think Simmons is significantly improved from where he was two years ago, um, I just don't think it's, it's, it's nearly as big a need. And like you said, Butler is willing to do it, but... Watch Miami play. He very rarely even shoots from the mid-range anymore. He plays in Miami very much like Ben Simmons plays in Philadelphia, where everything Jimmy Butler is doing is mostly at the free throw line and around the rim. Well, I think the, the difference is, like, the d- defenders will respect his jumper. Like, They're not, see- though, Mike. If you watch them in the playoffs last year, nobody was respecting his jumper. Jimmy's? No. <laughs> he wasn't being guarded out of the three-point line at all. Well, to be honest, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the playoffs last year. I, I was in bubble basketball. I was out. Uh-huh. But, um, but just from from watching Jimmy Butler in his career, or, or just comparing him to, to Simmons, like with the way the teams defend Simmons in the playoffs, is that they back off of him and they take away his driving lanes and they say, "All right, Ben, shoot the basketball." And what ends up happening is they just pass the ball around the perimeter. <clears throat> excuse me for the entire possession. And when you have teams like Boston or Milwaukee or Toronto that are really good teams at switching and their discipline, and they get out on those shooters, your offense bogs down in the playoffs. You, you play really good coaches, you play really good defenses, and the Sixers just they don't have that wing player who can break down a defense and take over a game from the perimeter. Like, when's the last time an NBA champion had their primary scorer from the center position? Like, it's been a while. I can't well, I mean, off the top of my head. Well, I mean, Anthony Davis, if you want to look at <laughs> This this past year, well, I mean, but LeBron, it's, LeBron's right. like their best player. I mean, yeah. Le- LeBron James, yeah, you know, he's one of the three greatest players of all time. Yeah. But like, if you look at the teams and type of players that win championships, it's Curry, it's Durant, it's it's LeBron, it's Kawhi. Like, these are the guys that dominate and take over in the playoffs. And I don't think it really in today's NBA, unless like Embiid takes his game to a whole new level, where he just becomes a thirty twenty guy or a thirty five fifteen guy a night that they have enough from that wing position to break down a defense and isolation basketball. Like To me, playoffs are all about isolation basketball. And Ben Simmons is, is such a liability in the fourth quarter in the playoffs where defenses sag off and they say, all right, Ben, shoot. And he, he, he refuses to do it. He drives in the lane and, and, he, and he doesn't finish well. I mean, he finishes better than he did, but he's not like a great finisher. And um, 
But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Sixers should give away Ben Simmons. I'm not even saying they should trade him. I would only trade him for a guy like James Harden. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving him away for some stiff. Uh, but I think like that trade is something they need to make. That's the difference between them being a top two or three seed and contending for a, a legitimate championship and being a five seed. Like Right now, I don't think they're better than a five seed uh, because – they're they're surrounded by look they they surrounded them with the shooters which they needed to do, but at the same time doesn't that irk you a little bit like they're so hard to build around that they need like Daryl Morey needs to put a specific skill set around them or else they have no chance like if you look at Durant or Kawhi or LeBron you can surround those guys with a plethora of different skill sets and they'll still succeed but with with the Sixers. They have to be built just so, or else they have no chance. No, like, I, doesn't that bother you a little bit? Uh, I, not, not really, and I appreciate the call, Mike. Thanks, yeah, I, I, it, it doesn't. Like, I mean, I, you just need – first of all, I don't think it should have been this confusing to them that they need three-point shooters around guys that don't shoot three-point shots. Like, uh, I mean, the idea of signing Al Horford remains just ridiculous. I, I just don't see it the same way. I, I, I just don't, you know? And I think we look at the when we look at the playoff thing and talk about well Ben Simmons such a liability in the playoffs. Do we really have enough information to 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 prove that? Like we had one year, which was his rookie year, which they lost in the playoffs to a more experienced Boston team, a better Boston team. Um, could Ben Simmons be better? Sure, but it was also one year in. I think. I do think sometimes we 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 forget how young these players are. We do. And in the NBA, teams don't just win titles immediately. And I'm not saying that they don't have improvements to make. They obviously do. But, you know, we talk about last year, the Sixers get swept in the playoffs. I very rarely hear people bring up the fact that Ben Simmons wasn't playing in that. You know, Ben Simmons wasn't in the playoffs last year. So... You can't judge Ben Simmons on the playoffs based on last year because it wasn't in there. And all I know is the Sixers beat Boston three out of four times in the regular season when they had him. They got smoked in the playoffs without him, which will lead me to believe he's a pretty important player. And I'm telling you, when you watch, you compare him to Butler. Jimmy Butler plays a completely different style of basketball in Miami than he played in Philadelphia. Completely different. You know why? Because they have shooters. They have three-point shooters where Jimmy Butler can facilitate. And Jimmy Butler plays in Miami offensively very much like Ben Simmons plays in Philadelphia. So, you know, I just I don't believe that it is un, untenable to win with Ben Simmons. I, I really don't. And I think it's kind of, in a way, short-sighted to think that way. Because I think eventually somebody's going to figure it out and somebody's going to do it. This is a 24-year-old guy who's already an all-NBA player, an all-NBA defensive player. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. And with a new coach, with a legitimate coaching staff, because let's face it, Brett Brown is not an NBA quality head coach. He's just not. Nice guy. Um, and, And, you know, I wish him well. He's a bad coach that did not maximize the talent of his teams. Hopefully with Doc Rivers and Sam Cassell and Dave Yeager, they can figure it out and maximize these players. Remains to be seen. Um, But I I don't think it's impossible. 
and I like the way the Sixers are starting, surrounding them with the talent necessary um, to to maximize the talent of their two best players. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. Talking Sixers, talking Eagles. We'll continue when we get back. Gus and Shea, see you there. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. I'll be back tomorrow, as usual, on Sunday night, breaking down Eagles, Browns, and everything week 11. Coming up next segment, Kyle and I will do our week 11 NFL preview. Um, any games, uh, we'll save it for next segment, but anything anything you're particularly excited about, Kyle? Like, Do you have a game or two in mind? I got a I got a few that I've been looking at. Okay, all right. Well, we'll just leave it at that and uh, and uh, talk about the games next segment. But an interesting slate on Sunday. Uh, kind of a tough slate to 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 find anything. But we'll we'll go through it next. So we've been talking about Eagles Browns. Do you believe the Eagles can win this game? I mean, I just I just don't. I don't believe in the quarterback at all. At all. Um, I'm willing to say that I was probably wrong about him. I just I don't believe that. Uh, Carson Wentz can do what he needs to do uh, to win the Eagles this game. Uh, so your thoughts on that? Also talking about the Sixers and whether you're excited or not about what they've done this offseason. I'm I'm happy with where they are right now. I do think there are some more moves to come, but but they're definitely off to a good start. Let's go to Gus and Allentown. What's up, Gus? Hey, Tom, don't take this personally, but I did not want to call tonight because I wanted to save my call for tomorrow after uh, Chubb and Hunter run roughshod in the mud over the Eagles. Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, I couldn't resist because I have a great respect for Mike from South Philly, but I think he's utterly and completely wrong when he talks about Ben Simmons. And he's talking about him in, in you know, in one side of his mouth and on the other side of his mouth he says he admires him. I, it's very, he's, very, he's a fountain of confusion when he talks about Ben Simmons. It's hard to figure out what he's trying to say. Um, the fact about Ben Simmons is if you say in one breath that he can't shoot or he does not have a jump shot and then say and then you know castigate him for not being willing to shoot that makes no sense if you can't shoot or have no shot you should not be willing to shoot because that constitutes a turnover that's just throwing something up at the at the wall and hope that it goes in. That's that's an absurdity. Well, Gus, he, that, that and he, that's he, he thinks about winning games. He he thinks about every possession being a precious thing. So he's not going to just shoot when he knows he can't. It's not logical. Yeah, Gus, and and when you look at it, I, I mean, yeah, should Ben Simmons be more evolved at this point in that aspect of his game? Sure, but the bottom line why, is right. Why? Why? We never. No, I, I, just just calm down for one second. Okay. And and the fact is, he's not. And that's where I thought Brett Brown w- was terrible. Is Brett Brown well, did not. Brett, Brett Brown but, but tried. I don't want to get. I don't want to get into an argument with you about Brett Brown because Brett Brown is history. He's in the rearview mirror. We don't have to talk about him anymore. There, you know, there's this thing out there amongst the Simmons haters, which is the idea that he really can shoot. But you see, he's so selfish he doesn't want to. That's, That's absurd. True. It's not true. It's just not factually true. He can't shoot. He, we knew he had no shot, no jump shot. That doesn't mean he can't score. As Adrian said, he does score. I know it has to be, but it has to be a jump shot. 
you know, because that's just the law here. But the fact is, we knew that going in at this age to have no shot. I mean, the one thing I agree with Mike is he's, you know, he has no jump shot. It's like talking about Bobby Abreu going back on a fly ball. It just isn't there. Okay, so we knew what we were getting when we got him to to expect him to just evolve, quote unquote, to shoot is is unrealistic. No, I I agree, Gus, and I appreciate it. Thanks. Gus was fired up tonight. Gus Gus wouldn't even let me talk. He he, he took over. That's fine. Got him ticked off. Gus was excited. But my Brett Brown point was it's what I didn't get with Brett Brown is I wanted want Ben Simmons to shoot a three game. Why? Just because just to say it, because that's what it was. It was just to say it. It was just like, because he knew that's what people wanted to hear. It's not going to make the team better. Um, and yeah, I would like Ben Simmons to be a, a 40% three-point shooter. Of course. Um, but it, it's not an aspect of the game that he is very good at. And I do agree with Gus on that. that this idea that people have that... Ben Simmons is really a decent shooter. He just won't do it despite the fans is or the media. It's just stupid. <laughs> like that part, that really is an idiotic take. No, he can't shoot. He doesn't have confidence in shooting. Ben Simmons has been raised his entire life to make the high percentage play. He's a very high IQ basketball player, so he's always thinking in that kind of in that kind of way. But like, could he end up being better if he adds that aspect to his game? Sure, but it's never going to be, like, a primary aspect to his game. It's not a primary aspect of LeBron's game. It's not. LeBron, watch, watch him. He very rarely takes threes. He can. He has games where he'll hit a ton of threes, um, but he doesn't do it very often. And, you know, that's why I see him and Anthony Davis and that dynamic. It, it's kind of why I think the Simmons and Embiid dynamic can work here. Is it's somewhat similar. Now, obviously, not apples to apples. LeBron's a better player than Ben Simmons is, and Davis is a better player than Embiid is. Um, but as these two grow and improve, I do think uh, you know it, it can get a lot better. Let's go to Shea and Vineland. What's up, Shay? What's up, TK? How you making out tonight? Not bad. How are you? Good, good, good. So check it out, man. I, I Gus was fired up, man. I, I was, I was enjoying that, man. I was glad he uh, didn't jump through the phone on you, but. Really quick, I don't want to spend too much time on the Eagles, but um, tomorrow just feels really similar to uh, Nick Foles going into L.A. and getting a victory. Um, us going into San Fran this year, getting a victory. Again, all these games are on the road. Right. But this reminded me about Buffalo last year, ugly conditions. We ran the ball a lot. Doug has to do that tomorrow uh, in order for us to get a win. And um, also Green Bay um, last year on Thursday night. So do I expect them to win? No. Um, but it just feels eerily similar to, uh, you know, some of those games in the past yeah. on the road, backs against the wall, and then they just reel us back in with getting an unforeseen victory similar to what may happen tomorrow. Yes, yeah, um, Shay, all, I think all those all those games were very good comparisons as to tomorrow. Like, yeah, I, I think it does feel a lot like that Buffalo game last year. Remember, that was off the, minute, off the uh, Dallas Sunday night loss where – they had all the Orlando Scandrick stuff going on, and then oh. they went to Buffalo and won. I, I think that's a good comp. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of like uh, controversy with with Scandrick. Right. I don't even want to mention that guy, but <laughs> really, I really want to talk about the Sixers, man. And, and Gus brought up a good point because Ben can't shoot, and I think we get fixated on the fact that we want him to shoot. But listen, now we don't have to worry about that because there's actually competent shooters around him. 
So we don't got to worry about Tobias shooting 40%, and we don't got to worry about Ben taking a three. So check this out. Ben Simmons is nothing but a big version of John Rondo, who Doc Rivers won a championship with before. Embiid is going to play BRKG. We got Dwight to be, you know, something like a Kendrick Perkins, a four-serve big man down low. Obviously, Tobias is similar to your Paul Pierce. But all I'm saying is, well, well, that uh, Shay, I'm not sure we can just, you know, shrug off Tobias similar to Paul Pierce. I'm no, not no. sure, you know. He's a wing. Okay. He's a 20 point per game guy. He's not the truth. I'm just saying in a right. similar mode. Okay. Here, gotcha. You might feel me more on this point, right? Check it out. So, uh, Phil Jackson takes over for Dell Harris, wins a championship in year one, right? Nucleus was there. You, you bring in a new coach, things change. Obviously, we know most recently with Steve Kerr and Mark Jackson. And then we know Larry Brown taking over for Rick Carlisle in 2004. All I'm saying is, is forget about Brett Brown. Forget about the past. you got a coach with some pedigree, similar to every single guy I just mentioned, who took over a team with the core. And by year two, each one of those guys got a chip. So all I'm saying is, let's stop talking about Brett Brown, who was barely even competent. He got those last three seasons because we had to give it to him because he suffered through the process for so long. But Brett Brown was not the guy. And for me personally, I was never going to judge Embiid and Simmons until I saw them with a legit NBA coach that knew what the heck he was doing. Yeah. So for me, I'm really excited to see what's going on this year, what's going to happen this year. I have zero expectations. And let's stop talking about Embiid and Simmons under an old regime. Like, we got a guy with pedigree. I just laid out the examples of a new coach taking over a team with the nucleus and superstars already there. And look what happens when a new Offensive strategy gets put in. You know he's a defensive mastermind. We got defensive players already on the roster, and now we got some shooting and some veterans. Yes, that is going to happen. And stop talking about last year, this year, not contending, getting rid of guys that are in their mid twenties. Guess what? Guys don't win NBA championships until they hit their thirties. That's when a guy who plays basketball is in his physical prime as a man. Guys don't win championships at twenty two, twenty three, unless you're Kobe Bryant and Magic Johnson. And guess what? Look at the cast that were around those guys. So. We got to take a step back and just look at the game for what it really is, and stop being over uh, emotional Philly fans. I, I I got you, Shay. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. And yeah, and you know that's why I think you know a bull a statement like um, you know they're never going to win with Embiid and Simmons. It's just so premature. Like it, it's so premature, considering the age of these guys. And you look at the history of of star players in the NBA. Very few of them win. At that young of age, basically none of them win at that young of an age. It takes some time, and it takes some, uh, you know, surrounding them with the right talent and having the right kind of coaching in place. Let's go to Jay and Willingboro. What's up, Jay? Hey, how you doing? Not bad. Um, how are you? All right. I want to say a couple. First of all, Ben Simmons is better than Rondo. He's well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, obviously, yes. He's better than Rondo. Yes. And, and, I, and I will argue with, with you about um, Joel and um, – Anthony Davis, you know what I mean. I'll, I'll say this: uh, talking with Mike, I love when Mike calls in because I think he he, he knows basketball. Mm-hmm. But I think he's getting he's killing uh, Ben Simmons. You don't bet on James Harden. I'm sorry, guys like that that are high volume guys, and we already like he. I think he don't look at the nightlife side. Guys like that don't win championships. I'm sorry, that's a hell of a gamble. You're talking about when you bring James Harden in here, a guy that you tried to put several combinations with. Daryl Morey, he left Houston. He left Houston because he couldn't build a championship with James Harden. Yeah, I, but and Jay, the one, about- the one thing I'd say in defense of, uh, you know, trading for James Harden is that 
in Houston, he never had a, a second guy anywhere close to Embiid. Even Chris Paul, Look, you know, at his high, at his top level, nowhere close to Embiid. But he, but he had top ten guys. <clears throat> like they were, they were. When he said a specific type of guy, you got to put with Ben Simmons. He was trying to put specific type of guys around James Harden because he shot a lot and he was ball dominant. So he kept on trying to change these combinations to make a certain team for James Harden to keep putting up 40 and 50 shots. You understand what I'm saying? It's right. like the same, you're going from one extreme to the other. And I think James Harden is extremely uh, entertaining, and so has Ben. And every, what you was talking about the last time, every superstar doesn't win a championship. It's just how it is. I mean, we got to go with what we got and try to build this combination. When you look at, uh, in reality, if you look at Kevin Durant, he would not, and I say again, he would not have a championship if he stayed in OKC. And we know that. It was going to be about the Golden State Warriors and LeBron James. That's what was going to win these championships. Like the generation before, it was about the Lakers and it was about the Spurs. It's just how it is. And you'll have a team pop up like Detroit did, and you'll have a team like now, how Toronto popped up and won a championship. It's just how it is in the NBA. You just pray that you could put the combination together for your superstars. But it's not like all these guys win championships. They don't all win championships. We could go through the history of the NBA and talk about tons of superstars that had to go on other teams at the end of their career to even have a ring. So to kill Ben about what he can do right now, I think that's unfair. Yeah, and Jay, I look at it and, you know, we talk about Ben in the playoffs. Ben's only been in, in two playoff seasons, you know. That that first year, and, and let's let's face it, that first year, that team was too young. They weren't ready. It showed in that Boston series. And that second mm-hmm. year, you know, who knows what would have happened if you had beaten Toronto. And, yeah, was Ben great offensively in that series? No. And I know Kawhi got his, but in that playoff run, when Kawhi was on another worldly level, Ben gave Kawhi more trouble in that playoffs than anybody else did to guard Kawhi exactly. in that entire postseason. And, and that's the thing, too. When you look at that and you uh, look at uh, the coaching, I agree with the last caller when he talked about what happened with uh, Shaq. I always talk about this. When Shaq was in Orlando, him and Penny, they needed to change their coach more than they needed to let Shaq go. Right. If they, if they, if Phil Jackson would have went to uh, Orlando, <laughs> Orlando would have won championships. Right. But instead, they, got, they let Shaq go and kept Penny. I just think the Sixers have stayed, of course. I think that they did the right thing this offseason. We're putting shooters on the team. And now we got a bunch of guys that can handle the ball. I, I just I just want to see what happens with this. If it doesn't work, then you make a change. But I'm not making no change for, for James Harden. I'm sorry. I love James Harden watching him play. But not on my team where I got to sit there and watch him shoot 40 times right. and watch him on Delaware Avenue or Old City all night. And then if it don't work out, y'all going to be complaining on the radio about where he at and what he's doing on right. the weekends. Well, I, I, got, I got you, Jay. I appreciate it. And, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're – by the way, there are statistical studies done about James Harden putting up way worse numbers in cities with good strip clubs. I, I've seen, there is a, a study done. I'll I'll try to find it uh, for either tomorrow or or Monday night. But yeah, you can look it up, Kyle. There there is a statistical analysis that um, I forget who did it, but somebody did a study. James Harden puts up his worst numbers in like Miami and like places with good strip clubs. Yeah, the article I found is a correlation between James Harden performance and strip club quality. Yeah, and apparently, you know, I think Mike and I examined this before. Apparently, Utah, uh, sneaky strip club city. Really? Salt Lake City, yeah. I wouldn't have expected that one. 
Uh, 215-592-9494. Uh, let's get Weave in here. What's up, Weave? Yo. Yo. Um, You know, um, backpedaling off of what that guy just said, um, you know, um, I'm looking at the trades that went down, and um, I'm looking at the fact that um, Harden, who morally was yeah, morally, the yep. president or whatever, uh-huh. um, you know, had. And um, then the Sixers, I love the, you know, the picks they just picked up. I love the veterans they just picked up. And, um, you know, Howard and um, uh, Curry? Seth Curry. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, right. let me see. Who else did they pick up? Uh, uh, Danny Green. Oh, yeah. And Danny Green. Yep. But, um, yeah, Dwight Howard. And, um, Got somebody in the background there, Weave? Um, right. uh, let me take you off. All right, yeah, we're hearing a little too much. Weave, we'll check in with Weave tomorrow. Or, or I think the Walmart's popping so, off with Weave. That's the thing with Weave. You just never know. It's a it, you could get on and it could be a smooth ride or it could be bumpy. You never know. And you know, sometimes you're going to hit with Weave. Sometimes you're going to miss. Not Weave's best night. And if you if you miss, you just move on. And hear from Weave tomorrow. Um, next up. Uh, Kyle and I are doing our NFL Week 11 preview. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.